Welcome to Around the Corner. I am Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, we have minor league baseball. I may or may not be watching four separate feeds at the same time. As you are entitled to do, we have gone far too long without minor league games to talk about, and the time is finally here. Yeah, basically as we're recording right now... uh... The day one of minor league baseball has already been completed. We're on day two and it's so fun. Oh man, I'm having a blast. Like a lot of excitement already and a lot of really interesting performances. I mean, there's just a lot to talk about. Um, Basically, uh, if you didn't read my first minor league recap of the season, um, we had Akron walk off with a three run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to to win its first game. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez hit that. Lynchburg won like 16 to three and uh, Columbus also won like six to three. So Cleveland affiliates went three and one on day one. So really, really great uh, start to the season. And they're looking pretty good today too. Uh, As we're speaking, uh, Lake County's up two nothing um, looking for its first win. Logan T. Allen, the other Logan Allen, as he is referred, but he may be becoming the the Logan Allen (laughs) if he keeps this up, has five shutout innings with eight strikeouts, just allowed his first hit and walk of the game in the fifth inning. So he had four and a third perfect innings to start his professional career. So that's pretty good, I'd say. It's encouraging for sure. Yeah. Uh, Columbus tied Akron's up two nothing and Lynchburg scored seven runs in the first inning. They're doing great again after scoring 16 the day before. (laughs) And I know we're really excited to keep everyone up to date on how the seasons go for all of the affiliates. You Mm -hmm. can always check out covering the corner.com for our minor league recaps. I believe those are daily except they are daily. Yeah. And mostly you, I will be grabbing Saturdays again this year and the hope is that I'll be able to go to a Friday night Clippers game often enough to be able to do like a next morning recap of the actual game. I think it'll be that kind of fun. That so. would be sick. And uh, I can tell you right now, they like covering the corner enough to uh, give us media access. So, well, I got uh, press credentials the, the last time I went to a game, got to interview Adam Pletko in the dugout before the game. I will have to discuss this with you further offline to figure out the details for that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You got to just chill in the press box, cover the game. Uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun actually. You don't have to sell me on getting credentials, Brian. <laughs> 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 I'm in. Trust me. I'm worried about acting responsibly enough once I get them. That's true. Yeah, you, there there is you know you you have to follow a little bit of protocol. You know, not no uh you know standing ovations and cheering and stuff. Yeah, but uh, let's talk uh, minor leagues. I mean, it's great to see the affiliates off to a a good start, but there's uh, several things that we do uh, need to address. I think uh, let's talk how the rosters are constructed because, I mean, that those the actual rosters was were released very close to the start of the season. So we really hadn't had a chance to even talk about it last week because they were keeping players at the alternate site. You didn't know if everybody was going to be going to Columbus, Akron, uh, where the players were going to end up in. I guess it's going to be low A and high A now, not just like 
back before when we had Mahoning Valley as a half season, I called that low A. And then I would call the first full season just single A. Right. And then I would call the next one high A. But since there is no like half season single A, I guess uh, we'll just have to do low A, high A now for the full season. So just to, to make it easier. It's I love that the systems are still a little bit confusing, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the context of the fact that if you go back far enough, there's like B ball and I think C ball. I remember this from a book called Maniac McGee that's for children. <laughs> it's a very good book, by the way. Um, yeah. But it occurs to me that maybe I should do more research than a 30 year old Jerry Spinelli book. <laughs> anyway but yeah the in terms of roster placements i think there are a couple things that stood out to me number one is there were three college pitchers that cleveland drafted in the 2020 draft and they all got placed on high a lake county who are these special college arms of you so which you speak one of them is the one we just talked about, Logan T. Allen. He uh, is also a left-handed starting pitcher. He's only like one year younger, probably a year and a half younger than the Logan Allen that we acquired from the Padres in the Bauer trade, uh, who started the year in Cleveland's rotation, but is now in uh, the Columbus rotation. So this is going to be very confusing because they are right now two levels apart, and if Logan T. Allen pitches, continues to pitch the way he's pitching tonight. Um, They may be like on the same team soon. (laughs) So that could be a little confusing. Uh, So Logan T. Allen, uh, Tanner Burns, who was our uh, first round competitive balance pick, I believe. He also is on that high A team in Lake County. And then our fifth round pick, I um, Fifth round pick, Mason Hickman, I believe. Yes, that, that's the one. Thank you. So three of our picks from last year had never pitched at pro ball because there was no 2020 season, and they immediately are starting them at high A, which is, that means uh, they must really think highly of them. Uh, and judging by what Logan T. Allen is doing tonight, uh, they may be right. Another thing I noticed in here is that we apparently have a pitcher named Hunter Gaddis. Yes, I was really excited to see what he can do because uh, he had great stuff and he looked uh, pretty ferocious in his debut back in 2019. Um, And he also started on high A Lynchburg and did not have a good start in his uh, 2021 debut. Uh, He got rocked, actually. So that was I think he gave up like seven runs. So so definitely some arms here to be excited about. But oh, absolutely. I think I'm even more excited about the guys who are playing the field for high A. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, high A. The, that's where like all the stud international players that we've, you know, been having the hype train about. Uh, you've got Brian Rocchio there. You've got George Valera there. You've got Aaron Bracco there. I mean, that team is loaded. I think Jose Tena is there. Um, so I think all four of those were in the same international class and they're all like 20 years old, really, really, really exciting young team. So I can't wait to see what they do, which, which is, it's hilarious that they were the, the, the one team to lose on day one too. <laughs> figures. Of course. Three of the top 10 prospects as voted by fans on the website. Yeah. 
all playing <laughs> in the same place. It's a lot of fun. In the, yeah, in this on the same field, not just uh, you know a combination of like pitchers and stuff. It's basically a, a, an interesting combination of like young international prospects in the field and then seasoned college arms debuting in the the pitching staff. I'm I'm really intrigued to see how that team ends up working. And then out. maybe Quinton Holmes figures something out. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, another high school player, hasn't really been able to perform yet. Uh, you know, I mentioned him as somebody that, uh, you know, I got wrong, but he is still just 21 years old. So maybe, you know, playing alongside George Valera could uh, help him out. And maybe that's the shot in the arm he's going to need. He sees these kids start coming up and goes, oh, shit, my days are numbered if I don't. And I'm not suggesting that he's not already working hard, but you never know with this kind of stuff what ends up motivating a kid. I'd say uh, another interesting roster placement, uh, Bo Naylor. I mean, I know he's a top prospect in the system as a catcher, but in 2019, he skipped, you know, half season ball and they he was the only prep player that they debuted straight into full season Lake County, which was the middle A at the time this year. Or after the post-pandemic season, you know, you're thinking, you know, maybe they just move him up a level, but they skip high A and go straight to double A as a 21-year-old. So uh, he is I, one of the youngest players in all of double A. Really? So, yeah, really, really exciting to see, <sighs> see this young man. I, I know you are a big fan. Yes. In fact, I am. <laughs> And uh, he's off to an okay start. Uh, he had a hit and a walk in his debut game. And then he uh, had a hit today and, or no, he had a walk today, stole second and scored on a throwing error from second base right after stealing. So, hey, excellent. He is doing his thing. This is an interesting team on the whole, too, because you pointed out there's not much going on in terms of prospects for pitchers on the double-A roster. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there are interesting things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, the only big prospect in the Akron pitching staff is uh, Joey Cantillo, who was uh, one of the returns in the Clevenger deal. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see what uh, he can do. And because, I am yeah. not unconvinced that Juan Hillman isn't going to figure it out. He had a well, great season last year. Yeah, well, two, two years ago, yeah, me, two years ago, exactly. <laughs> and then he and then he comes out and throws four shutout innings in his 2021 debut. Now he's not a guy that's uh, going to be striking out everybody he faces. His strikeout numbers are relatively low. He's more of a pitch to contact type of guy, but he's effective, and uh, so far has looked pretty good uh, this to start the season. Uh, four four shutout innings with two strikeouts and a walk and. Just two hits allowed. Good for him. I agree. Uh, I'm also excited about the guy that actually came in of relief of him, uh, who's basically like a piggyback a starter, uh, Francisco Perez. He has been an intriguing arm as a you know hard-throwing southpaw for quite a few years. He hasn't been good enough to like get on any big prospect rankings or anything. I think that uh, he has some really good stuff. He's he's thrown two shutout innings in, of relief so far with uh, two strikeouts tonight. So, so he's left-handed. Yes, and he throws hard. Yes, we'll hear about him. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's already at Double A, so that's good. And he's still pretty young. He's only like twenty-three. So he came up about the same. He was on the same rookie league team that Oscar Gonzalez was on when Gonzalez won uh, 
ACL MVP. There are a couple things we do need to address that aren't positive. Oh, you want to talk about injuries? Yeah, unfortunately. Ryan. Okay. I know. I'll allow it. I hate I hate injuries as much as anybody, but when uh, they released the rosters, there were a few names that people are like, hey, where are these guys? Why aren't they uh, listed right now? Where are they? What's going on with them? names here, too, for sure. Uh, number one, there were two extremely notable ones. Who uh, One was uh, Carlos Vargas, who was added to the 40-man roster in the offseason and throws 100 miles an hour. He uh, tore an elbow ligament, I believe, and he just had Tommy John surgery. That sucks super hard. He was somebody I was crazy excited about, and we're really not going to get a chance to see him for a year and a half at least, and not see him at full strength for two years probably. Uh, The next one, we don't know a ton yet. All we know is Ethan Hankins experienced an elbow injury in minor league spring training at the alternate site during a game. Is that... Is that text that you are reading from an actual like news that he experienced? Yes. yes. He experienced. We don't know how serious it was, but it was serious enough that they sent him to Cleveland to get evaluated. Someone doesn't type out the words experienced an injury unless they're trying very hard to be careful. (laughs) That feels like a giveaway to me, but I guess we will wait and see. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out for sure later on. But yeah, that's that's never a good sign. I I hope it's not serious, but that's never it's never good when you hear elbow injury pitcher. So the other two aren't as serious. Uh, Cody Morris uh, got injured during minor league spring training as well. He was expected to be either in the double A rotation or triple A rotation. Um, I believe it was a a lat strain or something, and he should only miss about the first month of the minor league season and then be good to go. And left-handed pitcher uh, Adam Scott, who has made it already to uh, AAA um, and was expected to be a part of the AAA rotation. He's dealing with something minor. They, I didn't hear specifics, but I heard it wasn't serious. So I don't think he'll be out for too much longer. So so we got our injuries. We got our surprising roster placements. I guess all that's left is to enjoy the fucking baseball. And that's going to be great. Yeah, uh, starting next week, um, we'll be... Basically following along the uh, CTC covering the corner top 20, uh, the top 10 players will be giving you updates on how they're performing uh, for how their first weeks went, basically. And then we will be debuting our player outside the the top 20, uh, maybe a pitcher and hitter each. Mm-hmm. that we will be following along throughout the, the rest of the season. And we'll always have a chance... Uh, we previously called it the the Indians in the yes. cupboard, and we've had some pretty exciting players on there that have uh, made it to the majors, like a Kyle Nelson and Kai Tom. They're definitely we have some good taste in prospects outside the top twenty. They're guys that are really, really interesting to follow at the very least. So pay attention is all we ask. Uh, we will work on the name. Corner Store was a silly one that was floated before we started formally recording, but we'll do better. <laughs> We're working on it. Uh, anything else? How many guys... I know we had a couple of recent call-ups. Sandlin's gotten to pitch at the yes. majors since he we last has looked spoke. amazing. I don't know that he was ever... Was he in the cupboard at one point? No, because he's always been a, a top 20 player. That's right. So Because he... 
you know, we immediately put him in like the rankings because he made it to double A the year he was drafted. Yeah, we've so. just been really high on him. Mm-hmm. So, so far as a major league pitcher, two games, two innings and a third, uh, two strikeouts, no hits, no earned runs, no walks. Yeah, he, he on, looks like on. he's he looks like he's sticking around for a long time. And, you know, if we ever get to a point where we need a sixth inning guy, since we already have a seventh, eighth and ninth right now, it might be Sam Lee. <laughs> if uh, there is anything else to bring up, uh, we could mention uh, Sam Henkes getting a, a, a semi start at the major league level. He looked pretty good throwing it, you know, mid to upper 90s with this fastball with a wicked hook. I mean, I don't know if he'll be able to stick around as the fifth starter, but he's at least filling in admirably while we uh, wait to find out. I think that we have come to the end of this week's edition of Covering the Corner. All right. At this time, do we feel that we're ready to hear the wisdom of Poet Laureate E.E. E. Gammings? Lay it on me. <clears throat> Setting. The Rogers Center. Marcus Simeon. You shall defeat the stadium, Thornton. Trent Thornton. Touring is not an outrage, Marcus Simeon. 